good morning. My name is Libby, and here with my husband, Julian, I'm one of the senior pastors at Sutton Vineyard Church. Uh, this morning, we are going to be continuing in our series looking at faith foundations. And that's the belief that we have that underpin our faith and shape how we live our lives. And um, this morning, we're going to be looking at community and how we are designed to live with others. We're looking particularly at mutual support and serving our community this morning. Um, in a few weeks, Hannah will be looking at the importance of church community, so make sure that you're here for that when we look at what makes our faith community distinct. It's not always easy to live with others. Um, having, I grew up with a sister, I've learned that very well, that living with others is not always the easiest. She would say the same about me. Um, but I truly believe it's the only way that God has designed us so that our brokenness can be restored and we can return to the wholeness that God created us for. When I think of brokenness or broken things, um, I often think back to an activity I remember doing at school when I was younger. In an art class, we were asked to make a mosaic. Now, my parents had often taken me to Roman ruins when I was younger, and we had one of those family memberships where you pay monthly to have unlimited access to see like ruined buildings. Um, and this particular year, my parents were making the absolute most out of their membership. Um, I can remember going to a particular place where all that was left was this big tent, and on the floor was this giant, almost complete mosaic floor. It was a beautiful image made up of lots of broken pieces. But the particular art class that I remember started with us destroying some plates and other crockery. And by the time we were finished, we'd got quite excited about smashing it all up. Um, everything was broken and no part of any of those bits of crockery made any sense anymore. You couldn't tell which pieces were a plate, which pieces were a mug, it was all muddled up. Perhaps you can relate to this in your own life. Perhaps there are moments that you feel broken yourself or see brokenness around you. There can be shattered dreams, broken relationships, lost hope. We're surrounded by circumstances and situations that leave people feeling broken. But then, in this art class, we started to piece the pieces together and created a piece of art. My particular piece of artwork probably wasn't all that impressive, um, but if an actual artist had come along and put those pieces together, those fragmented pieces, that brokenness of those pieces can become this breathtaking masterpiece, a beautiful image like the vast Roman mosaic I saw as a child. This is not all too dissimilar to Jesus, who through his transforming love and grace takes the broken pieces of our lives and transforms them into something meaningful and whole. This morning, we're going to be looking a little bit deeper at the brokenness that we can see in our communities and see how Jesus offers us an incredible hope in his restoration of our brokenness so that every person can experience wholeness. This morning, we're going to be looking deeper in how we can find wholeness and how we can be bringers of wholeness to the world around us. But first, there's a big question that I want to look at, one that I think we sometimes don't do justice to when we talk about it. And the question is this, why did Jesus come to earth? As a Christian and as Christians in this room, I'm sure this is a question that's come to the forefront of your mind before. Was it to die on the cross to save us for our sins and go to heaven? Of course, that's the Sunday school answer and it's very true. I've heard this um, answer given often and I believe it entirely, but I don't believe it's the entire picture of why Jesus came to earth. If it was only for this reason, if it was only so that we had a future hope of going to heaven, what's the point of now? 
Why is there this middle time between Jesus being raised from the dead and his future return? Jesus absolutely did die on a cross to, to save us from our sins so that we can one day go to heaven and be with him. But when we look at scriptures that talk about the nature of Jesus and the reasons why he did what he did, we see how much more, how much grander and all-encompassing Jesus' work here on earth is. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be reading from Colossians 1 this morning, verses 15 to 20. Um, it will also come up on the screen, so don't worry if you haven't. And this passage just so beautifully um, sums up the nature and work of Jesus. It's such a rich scripture. It says this. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Now we could talk about that verse for, a, for years, and yet, but it's just an incredible richness of who Jesus was and what he came to do. Yes, Jesus died for our sins, absolutely. In dying on the cross and being rose again, the power of sin and death was totally broken. Jesus is victorious. But the work he did here on earth is more than just being about our personal sin. It's about the whole of heaven and earth being reconciled to him. So often we see what Jesus did as only about our personal salvation, but Jesus is the creator, the sustainer, and the reconciler of all things. He died for our souls, yes, and that alone is absolutely incredible, it's overwhelming, but he also died to restore all things, every broken relationship in all that he created. He cares about all aspects of our lives. The whole of our community and the entire creation, Jesus is making all things new. So what does this mean for us? Well, as, Jesus, as God's people, Jesus' mission is the illustration of our mission. Our mission is rooted in his mission, to preach the good news of the kingdom in word and action. In Luke 4, 16 to 21, we read about Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry here on earth, where he reads a passage from Isaiah that's the foundation of all of his ministry. And therefore, it should also be at the foundation of what we, the church, are called to do. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up and read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus cares so deeply about bringing restoration to every aspect of people's lives. And as the church, we should care too. This is the kingdom of God. 
Tim Keller, a pastor and theologian, put it beautifully, that the kingdom is the renewal of the whole world through the entrance of supernatural forces. All things, all things are brought back under Christ's rule and authority. They are restored to health, beauty, and freedom. Jesus delighted in spreading the good news amongst the hurting, the weak, and the poor, bringing restoration and wholeness. And throughout the scriptures and throughout history, we see that the church, that we are called to follow this model shown to us by Jesus, taking the good news into places that are broken and lack wholeness. Jesus' love for us and every single person is at the heart of his ministry and his teaching. Love is the foundation that we are called to live out our faith from. So how do we love people well? To love well, we need to understand that restoration is about salvation. It is about the security of our eternal destiny with God. But that Jesus is also interested in the restoration of our lives here on earth today. That's why as a church, we run different projects like the Lighthouse Project or Warm Welcome. They're ways for us to bring the hope of Jesus into people's everyday lives. Jesus says in John 10, 10, that he came that we may have life and have it to the full. We're never promised an easy life. We will face circumstances and situations that are really difficult and that leave us feeling broken sometimes. But Jesus promises that we no longer have to face any of these things alone. The Holy Spirit is with us and he is our comforter and our helper. So I've talked a lot about restoration, but what, what is being restored? Often we focus on material lack or poverty when we think about restoration. This is a key area of brokenness that we do see in the world around us. But I wanna to suggest today that brokenness is much broader than this. And even perhaps the wealthiest of us here experience brokenness in one way or another. Lack of resource is an awful injustice in the world, but it's not the only area of need that we see today. In a world where we're more connected than ever, we see higher levels of loneliness than ever. In a world where fantastic medical discoveries that even our grandparents could only dream of, we see a crisis of people's mental health across our nation. Our young people particularly have an unlimited access to knowledge and information, yet face incredible challenges of self-worth and comparison and identity with people who portray a completely unrealistic and fake lifestyle online. There is brokenness all around us, and Jesus cares deeply about this brokenness. He came to bring restoration to all of creation, to all areas of our life and world. Um, I've been reading um, a book written by a key leading Christian development thinker called Bryant Myers, and he recognizes four key relationships that are the building blocks for our lives. When they function properly and fully, that's when we can experience the fullness and wholeness that God has intended for each of us. I found this model really helpful to help me understand my own makeup and my own needs, but also to help me understand how I personally and in teams that I'm a part of can best serve our community as Jesus models it to us and intends us to follow. In the center of this model, I'm gonna use the whiteboard. Um, I'm going to draw a person. You're gonna to have to excuse my drawing because I'm not particularly artistic. Um, there is my glamorous person. Um, and this could be any one of us. This could be me, you, any person that we meet. Um, but th there are four key relationships in this model that I think are really important. The first and the most fundamental is our relationship with God. And 
This is our primary relationship, the one from which all of us flow. Our relationship with God is our purpose. It's the ultimate reason for our existence. We were created to glorify God, to praise him and serve him in everything we do. We worship him and have a close personal relationship with our heavenly father. Another of the foundational relationships is with creation or resource. And this relationship, um, we, we find out about a bit more in Genesis 1, um, where we read that God blessed Adam and Eve, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God created us to look after creation, to be stewards, to protect it, to preserve it, and to produce from it. How we relate to creation or the resources that God has given us is really important and something that we often only consider when we feel like we're in lack or deficit. Often this is the root of our general definition of someone in need, material lack, but it's important to see the bigger picture of how we're created too. It's also possible to be incredibly wealthy and still have a broken relationship with creation or resource. It's not just in lack that we might see brokenness in this area. The third foundational relationship is our relationship with others. And we were never created for isolation. Jesus taught us so often about the importance of Christian community within the church. Um, in John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus taught us that love for one another is an essential part of who we're called to be. He said this, that a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The fourth relationship and the final one that we're gonna look at um, is ourself. Every single person is created in the image of God and every single person is worthy of care, dignity and love. How we relate to and understand our value is so important and one that I know is um, particularly, probably the most volatile. A verse that has always challenged me is in Mark 12, where Jesus says um, to love your neighbor as yourself. How often do we find it easier to love our neighbor than we do ourselves? Understanding and recognizing our own worth and value is so important and one that's a really important journey to take. Each one of us will find that we experience brokenness in these areas in different ways, in different seasons. The fall really did happen, and as such, these relationships can get distorted or broken. Myers, in his work, the guy that created this model, um, defines poverty as the following, that it's the result of broken relationships that do not work, that are not just, that are not for life, that are not harmonious or enjoyable. Pro poverty is the absence of shalom, in all of its meanings. Sometimes we can overlook poverty in different areas of life or focus only on alleviating one area. We're also in danger of overlooking our own areas of brokenness that need wholeness too. That's not to say that material poverty isn't an important and necessary focus. Jesus totally did um, focus on the poor and in need. But if we only focus on that, we miss the other areas that Jesus comes to bring wholeness to. When Jesus healed the leper, for example, his healing restored the ability for him to work 
absolutely. But it also brought wholeness to his relationships with others as he was no longer an outcast to society. I'm sure it also brought wholeness to his view of himself. And I have, I have absolutely no doubt he would have had a poor view of himself as a result of his situation. And Jesus' actions would have brought wholeness to that. Jesus also offered the opportunity to this man to restore wholeness to his whole relationship with God if he chose to. Part of Christian community is growing in our faith together, growing in wholeness together, which isn't linear. Different circumstances and different, uh, and different situations can cause elements of brokenness in our lives. But through our faith community, centered on love, we help each other heal and move towards wholeness. When we recognize our own areas of brokenness and need for community, we can find a path forward that we walk with people in humble relationships. We can support and empower people to discover what Jesus' wholeness looks like for them as we discover what it looks like for us. For a long time, I didn't always understand my own areas of brokenness. And as a result, um, I don't think I was always that helpful when I was trying to help people in need. I needed to and constantly need to remind myself how much I need Jesus and the Holy Spirit to help me in my own life and to help me support others. Several years ago, in one of my first pastoral roles, I was looking after a team of volunteers, many of whom had really difficult circumstances. And we were running a community project that worked with lots of people who um, were living in isolation or in poverty. I was a really young leader who was desperate to help people and wanted to fix everyone's circumstances. I'd never experienced poverty in the stark way that I saw it, and it absolutely broke me. The prayer that I prayed, break my heart for what break yours, really was my prayer. And anyone who ever prays that knows what a dangerous prayer that is. I had good intentions, absolutely, but my good intentions weren't enough. Um, they pointed to a masked motivation that I wasn't even aware of in myself until I delved into my own brokenness. I was striving to help people in my own strength and I wasn't reliant on the Holy Spirit to empower me and those I was serving and leading. I wanted to fix people and I didn't realize it at first, but this was showing quite an unhealthy dose of savior complex within me. I had to re repent and I had to hand it over to Jesus, to repent of seeing myself as better or more sorted out as other people. I had to go on my own journey of discovering my own brokenness to effectively walk with people in their own. We're not the savior, Jesus is. And he's the only model that we have of someone who operated out of complete wholeness and restoration. Supporting people in our community is all about relationship. It's about introducing them to the transformative power of Jesus and journeying with them as they find their own path towards wholeness, as we find ours. We might have resources that can help people's immediate need, and that's brilliant, um, but complete wholeness and restoration can only be found in Jesus. It's why when we run projects such as the Lighthouse at the Dolphin, not only do we provide parents with essentials for their young children, but we also offer to pray with them and answer any questions they have about Jesus. Meeting needs is so important, but seeing Jesus transform our own lives and the lives of others is at the heart of everything we do. As I was preparing this message, there was a particular really beautiful lady who's still a very good friend of mine that came to my mind. She has taught me so much, 
and I wouldn't even have realized it. She wouldn't have realized it herself, but she helped me to see a lot of these aspects of my life that I needed to unpick and ask God's forgiveness for. Um, Earlier this week, I messaged her and she gave me permission to share some of our story with you. And it really is our story. It's about how both her and I encountered Jesus in a new way together. Her name is Sarah. And the first time we met was at a food bank and I gave her a lot of donuts for her kids because Tesco had called and given us way too many donuts. Um, And it's a really important part of this story because it's only because of those donuts that her kids asked to come back the next week. As I got to know Sarah better, she told me about her life. She had five children, three of whom were really young. She told me about some of the challenges she faced in her life, the difficult circumstances she didn't choose. She'd been a drug user and her husband, the father of her youngest children, was in prison for dealing. Sarah's life was hard, but she had found community in a church charity shop led by me, a 22-year-old. Everything within me wanted to solve all of the problems that Sarah had. I wanted to help her in all the situations that she faced, but through our friendship, I learned that I needed to journey with her as she figured out what she needed. She didn't always need handouts or for me to suggest what she needed to do. She needed friendship and relationship and restoration in all areas of her life, just as we all do. We just all experience brokenness in different foundational relationships, in different ways, in different seasons of our life. She began to volunteer with us and later she gave her life to Jesus in the middle of the sorting room of the charity shop, surrounded by smelly clothes and old toys all of the bags that she was sorting through. She was baptized a little while later and shared her story with so many people. We journeyed together through the incredible highs when she found Jesus, when we went on adventures with her kids, when we were laughing together about ridiculous situations that happened in the charity shop. But we also journeyed through the really dark days when her husband died in prison. We cried a lot together. We became family. And I'm so proud of her because she's grown in her faith in Jesus. She's found employment. She's learned to trust. She's built relationships again. She's discovering wholeness through Jesus. And we, we, did, we were discovering that and still are discovering that together. The beautiful part of this story is that the journey of Jesus restoring us to wholeness was just about me and my journey of wholeness as it was about Sarah's. From a worldly perspective, Sarah's life was way more complex than mine but both of us were and still are in need of Jesus's transformative love. As we serve others in need and are playing our part in the kingdom of God here on earth, we are also being restored and transformed by Jesus. And that really is so incredibly freeing. God uses us despite our brokenness and hurt, even in those moments where I might have had the wrong motivations. There were still moments where God used me and met with people. It's not about us fixing people or their situations, but about journeying towards Jesus together and inviting people into that relationship with Jesus, being a welcoming church, a community that it has been and is being transformed by Jesus. I think the only time that we're ever really in danger of getting it wrong is when we're unaware that we too are on that journey. We are all being restored together to be bringers of wholeness, to carry out our call to be kingdom carriers, living in the present reality of the kingdom of God, to help others find wholeness in Jesus too, we recognize our areas of brokenness and that we're being restored together 
It's why we need each other. We were never intended to be isolated or alone. We're Jesus' hands and feet in our community, and we're called to demonstrate the love of God to every person we meet. But we don't have to be sorted out to do it. Each of us is helping others find God's wholeness as we ourselves are discovering what it means to be continually made whole by Jesus. God chooses broken people to demonstrate to other broken people how much he loves us and wants to restore us, even as we wait for the fullness of the kingdom of God to come. As we journey together towards wholeness, learning to love each other well, our love overspills in our community and we have the privilege of journeying that with others. We looked earlier at John 13, 35, in which Jesus says that by our love for one another, people will know that we're Jesus' disciples. Love is the foundation of Jesus' message and model to us, and it should be the foundation of everything we do. It is here and still coming. Earlier, we read in Colossians, where Jesus, where God, where, which says about Jesus, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The power of Jesus' death and resurrection puts all things in right relationship again. Through Jesus, we can journey together towards wholeness and serve our communities, being Jesus' hands and feet on earth. His wholeness is both here and still coming. This week, consider how you might show love to someone well. Perhaps you hadn't considered the wider picture that we were each intended for. Loving one another brings restoration and helps us to find wholeness and serves others. The goal in serving our community is to see each other restored to what it means to be truly human. It was modeled to us through Jesus, the full expression of humanness. With wholeness in all areas of our lives, firstly in our relationship with God, but also in our relationships with others, creation and resources and ourselves we are on that journey together and like in my friendship with Sarah let's learn to grow closer to Jesus together as Jesus brings together the most beautiful mosaic from our brokenness to serve and love each other and our communities well we need the Holy Spirit to guide us to fill us and work through us the Holy Spirit guides us and helps us towards the fullness and wholeness of life that God created us for it's through him that our own restoration and those around us can be found. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as they prepare to lead us in a time of song worship this morning. Um, but as they do, let us pray together. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you so much that you care deeply about our lives and about our communities. Um, I pray for each person here that if there's any area or that's lacking wholeness, that you would begin to work within them and through your spirit, guide them this morning. Amen.